Hello and welcome to the Counterpress Podcast. I am your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight is not Josh Cacho. It is Trevor Rayleigh, our special guest. Trevor, how's it going, man? It's going all right. A uh, little crestfallen, but uh, I think we're going to make it. Yeah, uh, pretty crappy result. I don't think anybody's happy um, outside of Cascadia right now. Um, just a bad performance all around. LAFC looks flat all throughout the game. It feels a lot like last year um, where we just don't have any answers for what's going on. And we get beat three to one and we're out of the playoffs. So it's a, just it's kind like of a tough that. One to deal with. She was gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For no particular reason. Just, we don't know why she left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, man, brutal, brutal. But Trevor, some of our <laughs> listeners may not know you. So why don't you take a, a minute to go and introduce yourself and, uh, then we'll get into the game here. All right. Thank you. Uh, so uh, my name's Trevor, and uh, I am the co-founder of a project with Josh and Kirk called The Banknote. And uh, it's kind of a fan perspective on uh, tactical analysis. And, uh, you know, we want to get into some more stuff eventually, uh, but we need some help from you guys. So uh, if you're interested, you can tweet at uh, Kirk and he'll get you in touch with me. Um, yeah. outside of that, uh, I'm a big soccer fan since I'm buddies with Josh and Kirk. Uh, we all met through, I met those guys through, uh, the Twitter machine and, uh, Josh and I actually went to a game cause Vince had, uh, had some tickets that he was giving away. He and Max when they had their show and it just so happened that Josh and I were both going to go to the game. And it was general admission, so we got to sit together. And ever since then, we've been kind of partners in crime, scheming up ideas on how to talk about LAFC. And uh, outside of that, I'm a big Wolverhampton Wanderers fan. can also thank Josh for that because uh, I asked him, what team should I root for? And he was like, don't do top six. He's like, how about this one? This this one's pretty cool. And uh like everything else, I just became obsessed with the uh, wolves and it's been a lot of fun ever since. And bef- remind me before we leave that I have a message about that later. All right. Thank you. Um, yeah. So welcome Trevor to the show. Uh, I will say real quick about the bank note. I feel like we started off pretty strong and then once COVID hit, we kind of uh, ran out of steam and, and kind of ran out of any true direction when the season kind of stopped and it weren't really sure how to reboot. So I'm actually, that's something I'm looking forward to with the next season starting is uh, getting back on that horse and trying to, trying to make it go. I think, uh, you know, something that I've been toying around with is you get a lot of interactions with your listener questions and tweets. And, you know, it'd be pretty cool if he had kind of a newsletter or something that went out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that gives kind of a deeper tactical analysis, but we don't need to make sausage here, but just know, uh, to your listeners that we, uh, we're, we're thinking of some fun stuff to make yeah. next year. Uh, really cool. Absolutely. All right, Trevor. So again, three to one, uh, Seattle scores early off of a, off of a turnover and a fast break. Jordan Morris is left unmarked and we're down one nil. 
Carlos Vela immediately earns a penalty and then decides to go cheeky and <laughs> has his penalty saved. And then it looked pretty good for a while and just started. And then, you know, two more goals from Seattle among a bunch of other chances that uh, that the woodwork saved us from. What are your initial thoughts about this game? And what are you thinking about LAFC right now? Uh, I think my personal opinion, and uh, it may not be shared amongst the fan base, but uh, I I kind of expected this uh, when Delmi tweeted out that we were going to be missing four guys. I, I just was, at that point, I poured myself a nice a nice glass and said, well, I'm not going to be mad about this one. Um, yeah. It's the playoffs. I get it. Um, but this is a weird year, man. And I, you know, it's just, a, it's just a real, it's a really strange year for a lot of different reasons, a lot of really important reasons. And I just think that like what we've seen consistently with this squad and this is, uh, you know, I don't have a stat out there to, to throw at you, but they just seem flat a lot more than I've ever seen them play flat. I mean, and that's just not something that you expect. And in certain sports, uh, other sports that we watch, you know, you can tell when a coach has worn out their welcome say in football. Um, you know, insurrections happen, bad attitudes and stuff like that. And it's kind of, I'm not saying that's happening in the LAFC locker room, but it sure does seem like, everybody's kind of been there and done that, got the t-shirt, right? And I think there's a next level that they need to reach. And this needed to happen for that to, for that fire to be lit. Cause I don't think that if they would have won this and it would have been a cakewalk, like everyone expected at the beginning of the season, I don't think that, I don't think that they could have handled it the next round or even further. And I'd also like to add that I've got my eyes on CCL, so wake me up at CCL because that's where I'm at. Like, like I said, when Delmi sent out that tweet, I stopped caring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can relate to that. Um, I mean, certainly you're missing some key components that were kind of uncovered over the over the season. One thing that I I do want to push back a little bit on here is. Um, you still have the squad that a lot of people, not me, but a lot of people would say is your best starting 11. Aside from Torres out there, um, you have what most people think is the ideal midfield in Atuesta K and Blessing, which I have significant issues with. Uh, you have Segura on the field, even though he's playing out of position in Blackman. Uh, playing out of position as well. Harvey's there, who's been a solid performer at left back. So when I look at the squad, I say, yeah, it's not ideal because you are missing Rossi, obviously. But does Brian Rodriguez start in this game? I, I don't think he does. I think you would see Cifuentes there and possibly Palacios. But with the way that Bob has been using Harvey, to me, the real the real missing piece is is Diego Rossi. And clearly he's a big component of what LAFC do uh, down the left side. Um, And he's also 
the the golden boot winner, right? So you're missing a lot of goals there as well. But um, as far as missing key components, this this squad is pretty close to what a lot of people would would actually prefer. And I think you saw that this is not what you should prefer, obviously. And um, so mediocre people don't like high achievers and high achievers don't like mediocre people. So you and I would both agree that there are places in the midfield that need some work. Um, I would say you and I both agree that right back needs some attention as well. Um, you know, you and I are brutally honest about what we think about our midfield a lot <laughs> offline. Uh, I'll say this. <clears throat> um, in other sports, they say we got tape on them. And usually the sophomore year, that second year in professional sports is when people kind of figure you out. And your biggest jump is always that third year because you're a junior and you're ready to be, you know, you're ready to hit your prime or start, right? Um, that's in other sports. And I think that that, that comes in life as well. Uh, in business, right? You have your third act that's better than your second and your first. And um, what I'm getting at here is I'm okay with them winning supporter shield. If that's the goal, then fine. But that's not what they say. <laughs> okay. They say they want to compete in every tournament and they want silverware. Now I'll tell you this. I've been to two LAFC matches that had some real probability of moving on and capturing those trophies that everyone wants. And I saw them lay an egg twice. Okay. Yeah. So we don't need to go back to the exact games. I'll tell you, one of them was in the U.S. Open Cup. And the other one was in the playoff mm -hmm. against Real Salt Lake. I was there. And, uh, you know, I don't think that it's fair. I think I think um, when people come up with these tropes about te they can't win the big one, right? Because that's the media narrative, right? Um, I don't think that's real. I don't think it's true. <laughs> um, I think that Athletes are a whole lot more mentally tough than the media gives them credit for. Uh, at the same time, though, you ever heard of don't get high on your own supply? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't think that you can just skate through this league because it's bunk. Because you, I'm looking at the stats right now, Kirk, and they were pretty damn close. With mm -hmm. the exception of passes. I mean, Seattle passed a ton more by a margin. I would say a or, sorry, a crap ton more. Uh, and I mean, the shots on the shots were the same around the same, you know, not counting the two off the woodwork. I mean, I don't want to talk about motivation, but, you know, at some point it's not about the X's and O's. It's about the Jimmy's and the Joe's, right? Mm-hmm. 
And I don't know if we got those those guys. I know we got a few of them. I tell you what, you put Sifuentes and you put Ginella in that midfield on full rest. I take them over the other two. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think the biggest problem with t- with tonight is Bob was scared of Jordan Morris. Now, that's not to say that he shouldn't be because Jordan Morris is incredibly fast and gets free and can score. And he can also assist, as we saw tonight. Um, and what you saw, it's something we've seen before. What you saw from him tonight was he moves Eddie Segura out to right back because he feels like he's probably one of our strongest 1v1 defenders. And he moves Tristan Blackman inside because he feels like that's a more physical presence, uh, somebody to deal with uh, aerial crosses better than better than Segura is going to be able to do because of his size. Um, and I feel like Blackman at center back was a good call. I thought he looked strong. I know people on Twitter are gonna are gonna squabble with me over that. You, you're wrong. The guy he looked good. He was he was the best passer on the back line tonight. <clears throat> Um, by a long shot, Eddie Segura is not a right back. Uh, he might be able to play there. And I think if he had more time playing right back in, in Bob's system, he might be okay. But on that first goal, he is ball watching mm-hmm. before Nico Ladero even wins the ball. He's ball watching and he's, he's way central and Jordan Morris is running free. And then Latif Blessing is ball watching once Morris gets on the ball and Nico Ladero pops up right over his shoulder. Um, so that, I mean, that's the first one. And then you go on and on through all these chances where Seattle's, you know, banging off the woodwork and stuff like that. And every single time it's Jordan Morris running free because Eddie Segura's turned the wrong direction, isn't paying attention to him. Or at one point it's Raul really, really Diaz as well. So He's, he's not he's not in a position where he's going to naturally track runners um, and Bob's insistence on keeping him there and not moving away from that was a problem tonight um, I don't want to pile on Bob because he made one tactical mistake tonight um, and I certainly don't think it's a fireable offense I know there's people uh, are they really? Yeah, yeah, it's all over Twitter, and uh, I mean to be fair, I, I think I think the narrative around um, LAFC not being able to win big games is um, it's somewhat legitimate because LAFC doesn't really change anything when they go into a game. They go into the, they go into every game thinking we're better than these guys. We play better than them. And we're going to beat them our way, right? We're going to impose our will. And to a certain extent, that's true. But it hasn't been true this year at any point, really. I, I mean, they had a stretch in you know August or September where they were rolling teams up. But if you look back to the very beginning of the season, even in the CCL, we went down to Leon and got stomped. And then we came back home <clears throat> and we won. And then you know they go out against Miami and Philadelphia and they look flat like you said um and they they eke out a win over miami uh through some individual brilliance from carlos and then they get you know they they i think it was a draw against philadelphia then the pandemic hits 
and we all know how MLS's back went. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just been this lackluster uh, performance all season long. So, and I I feel like Bob's, uh, I feel like Bob probably needs to try changing a few things tactically here and there just to shake things up on those on those big games. You know, I had a theory going into this game before the four people were out, <laughs> and I was like. They're not rushing Carlos back because he, you know, like like he'll he'll his left leg's not going anywhere. Hopefully, right. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, I was just sitting there thinking to myself, like they're kind of doing the uh, that rest thing that they do in basketball. Oh, what do they call it? They call it uh, uh, something maintenance, right? Yeah, Josh will know. <laughs> Josh tweeted the show. Yeah, Josh tweeted the show. It's um, weight man or something management. Load management. Load management. Load management. So I was like, dude, they're definitely doing load management on all these cats, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking like, you know, they go get a guy like BWP, right? And, you know, Danny Moose is looking good, right? (laughs) And it's like that gives BWP some time to sit on the – you know, sit on the bench and kind of save his legs. I don't know if that's what they were thinking. You know, that when I came into this, when they signed Vermeer, I was like, yeah, that's definitely what they're doing. They're going to do load management. They're going to have analytics. That's what they're going to do. And uh, then like the pan, like you said, the pandemic hit and everything that could have happened that could go wrong, did go wrong. But back to this game, speaking of BWP, he took a knock on the head, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't feel like it was a anything out of the ordinary. But I mean, it's not me getting hit in the head by Cisniego's elbow, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he he tested fine, but um, he he didn't look he didn't look like his usual self. But I don't think he looked like himself before that hit either. To be honest with you, because. You know, if the plan for load management is going to work, you have to have, you know, that rev up time and then the coast time, right? And it seemed like we tried to get in the third gear immediately mm-hmm. and realized that we couldn't. And I'll tell you what, at halftime, I think that you had said something and uh, on the Twitter app. And uh, Twitter sponsor this show, and uh, <laughs> and uh, you're like, yeah, I like this press, right? And I like that they're, um, you know, putting pressure on the bonk and on the front foot. And then as I started to score before that second Morris goal, was it Morris? Jordan Morris has scored. So Ladero scored, then Diaz scored, and then Morris scored at the end. Okay. Because I saw that counter happening, and it was like a slow-moving car wreck. I was like, oh, God, our our, <laughs> like our guy yeah, lost his yeah. dude. And it was just uh, – so, I mean, what do you do about that? Like, how do you fix that you're not really meant to – like, they want to possess the ball, right? And they want to counter. Right, LAFC. Yeah, I, they, I mean, they do want to possess, but I think it's also, I think that's a very simple way of looking what LAFC do. 
Are they more counter pressy and liver? Yeah. 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 And I, I think you see that tonight. Um, when they do start chasing the game, they are, they're forcing their passes everywhere. They want to go fast. And now that, and, I mean, you can hear, you can hear Bob just, just ripping his vocal cords, trying to get them to go faster. Right. Yeah. And that's okay. That's, that's their identity, right? It's more of a gag and press type. Um, when we turn it over, we're going to win it back and we're going to go right now. And that's mm-hmm. always how LAFC have been most dangerous. And, um, team playing against a bunkered team against a disciplined bunkered team is always going to be difficult. Not that that's what Seattle did tonight. This is just an example, Mm -hmm. but we've seen LAFC struggle mightily, even when their, their team is clicking to break down a bunkered team. And it's to me because they want to go fast. They want to catch you out rather than try and break you down. Right. Um, So if if you're in the middle of a mistake, they can take advantage of that. Kind of yeah, deal. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I I don't I don't remember seeing much about the press. I mean, I they were at the beginning at least they were holding back Vela and and Torres on the other side, and it was only BWP kind of running at the center backs just to keep them moving the ball at the beginning. Um, and then they started to press more in the second half, almost out of necessity, um, because they were down. So. Um, can we talk about yeah. El Manier real quick? Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to see which way you take this. I like him, man. Yeah. I like that. He gets forward. Um, I just wish he had a buddy next to him that would fill in that hole for him when he goes forward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's definitely, <laughs> definitely, uh, more adventurous. Um, and he fulfilled my wish of somebody, somebody on the left side to beat Alex Roldan. Torres is just, he's a 16 year old kid. He's not fast enough yet. You know, he's that kid. He like, he's still got to finish puberty before he goes out and really starts cooking people. Um, you kidding me? I saw a five-year-old with a beard yesterday. (laughs) Um, so uh, I, I, for me, I felt like El Munir started having a lot of success down that, down that left flank. And it started to open up the game more because now it's not Harvey and Torres. Right. And at that point, I think it was, I mean, I, I think you still had Torres there for a while. And then El Munir, maybe it was a double switch. No, it was Perez. It was Perez and El Munir yeah. down that flank. And they started to have a little bit more success. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, El Munir's solid. Um, when he gets out, up front, it's just like he he tries stuff, right? And like the right, creativity, right. and you know, I like I like players with courage, right? Um, if you're gonna get up and get up to get up that wing, like or that flank, I really I want you to do it, <laughs> right? Yeah. And he's really good at that. And I liked it was like Blackman last year. Remember when he used to be cooking? Yeah. It yeah. was just like it's fun to watch those wingers just take control mm-hmm. and uh and get involved. So that you know, right. I was right. pleasantly surprised with how forward he got and how comfortable he looked in trying to make something happen. I mean, I yeah. appreciate that a lot from him. Yeah, no, he was the, he was definitely a spark off the bench. 
Um, so, I mean, that's a, and again, credit to Bob for finding the right string to pull. Right. Right. Um, ultimately it's not enough because you still have people running unmarked down Seattle's left wing. So, uh, and and you see the other thing I wanted to talk about real quick, we don't have to spend a whole lot of time is this midfield, um, just moving the ball so slow. And I mean, even Atuesta was guilty here. I think it's partly because of the tempo that's in the midfield in its configuration tonight, but Seattle were so good about closing down the ball in the midfield and not allowing them any time. So that if you're a midfielder who doesn't check their shoulder, like Mark Anthony K or and Latif Blessing, and you don't you don't already know where the ball is going when it when it's on its way to you, then Seattle's going to punish you. They're going to catch up. And so when you just recycle possession to Edward Atuesta and say, Oh, here, you're good, you do something with it, he's gonna be closed down too. So like you have to be better and faster in order to play through a press like that in the midfield where they were bringing their wingers inside to Morrison and, uh, and Jovan Jones to help close down the midfield. And I think that's why, again, why Vela at the nine where he's kind of dropping in and helping just adds a few more numbers and it's a little bit easier to find an open man in the midfield. What if he would have started at that number nine? Um, I, I I don't know that it's enough to be no. honest, well, yeah. because I mean, I mean, you have a Poku playing on the right wing the entire time. I just I just don't I don't think it's enough. Yeah, unless you have blessing on the right wing and Janela's in the midfield. But I mean, even Janela looked just bleh tonight yeah, in the and, midfield. And to be fair to all the guys, if Janela looked that way coming off of an international break. Yeah, the yeah, chances are other two guys are gonna. Although, did Janela? I don't think Janela went to the. I don't think he played with Uruguay though. I think it was just the two, Rossi and Rodriguez. Well, you know, he and Diego make mate together. <laughs> he must not have gotten it for two weeks. Man. I guess. I guess maybe maybe that's it. Who knows? Shout out to mate um, lovers. So yeah, for me, for me, the midfield is a problem. For me, Segura at right back is a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, through no fault of his own. He's a center back. That's just the way it is. <laughs> so Why I mean, didn't playing... Andy play? Andy Nahar? Uh, Andy Nahar, I think, is still injured. But he's not good, so it's okay. Did we That's... sign him injured? Yeah, he was with the club for a long time, kind of rehabbing his knee before we signed him. So, And then I think it's a quad now. But... Andy Nahar hasn't impressed me at all. Josh, tweet uh, the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think it's just an unfair spot to to put Segura in, and that goes back to the roster construction of Stephen Betashore is oh, just off man. the roster for whatever reason, and the <laughs> answer funny that you see. the answer was supposed to be the answer was supposed to be Andy Nahar, and it's just. It's not. So that that's a swing and a miss from, from JT. So take the L, cut Nahar, sign a, a, a right back. Because Tristan Blackman is clearly going to be a center back. And Latif Blessing is a winger who's playing in the midfield. So yeah. quit deputizing him all over the place. Let him Let him either play in the midfield and continue to grow there. 
or send him back to the wing. Um, but man, this team needs a right back desperately. What? Why do you think that they put Segura there? Because I think they think he's the best one-on-one defender, and Jordan Morris was out there on the left wing. <clears throat> and I mean, Jordan. He, I mean, J- Jordan Morris is the, is the dog guy, right? Yeah, yeah, didn't go to Germany. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, he's Morris. Morris has elite speed. This is one of those things where I think it's a it's an interesting crossover. Mm-hmm. Typically, you have guys. I should say people. You have U.S. soccer fans who love Jurgen Klinsmann, mm-hmm. or people who hate him. And it's typically the quote unquote Euro snobs versus the quote unquote MLS homers, right? Mm-hmm. Um. But this is the one crossover where that narrative is kind of flipped on its head because Jurgen Klinsmann is the one that identified Morris as something special early on when he was at Stanford. And he, I mean, Jurgen was calling him in while he was still in college. And I mean, he, he was playing him in competitive matches while he was still at Stanford. Um, and I think, I think there's something to that. Morris does have some elite qualities. He's very one footed, um, but he's also extremely fast and he has a nose for the goal. Um, and I mean, he beat Segura a couple times just by getting lost and a couple times by getting by him, dribbling around him. And then, I mean, he had the assist to, to Lodero as well. Great little left footed assist within the box. So he's the jimmer uh, for debt of American football. How how bad do you want to get into BYU basketball right now? <laughs> what he's the jimmer for death yeah, no. of American football. Twenty ten is the last time I paid attention to BYU basketball. Well that's because, because debt. That's because Bronco <laughs> Mendenhall and your uh, your guys now are about to win a national championship. And Bronco Mendenhall's at Virginia. Kalani Satake is now the now the head coach of Even better BYU, but anyway. Getting, getting closer to soccer. I digress. <laughs> All right. right. Never in a million years did I think you would be the one that would get us off track here, Trevor. I know. Um, okay. So <laughs> anything else from this game that you want to talk about real quick before we get into listener questions? Yes. I Last thing. I think that people need to have a little bit of patience. Uh, save your fire, whoever tweets. Because uh, you'll delete them in the morning. Use the fleets thing. Uh, <laughs> that'll be an automatic 24-hour delete thing for you. Because yeah. Bob's pro- unless Bob wants to go to another project, he's not going anywhere. And what needs to happen is we need to strengthen this squad. Kirk already said, you know, right back's kind of foobar. And, uh, you know, it, let's take our medicine. Take our medicine. Like, nothing is more fun than getting your teeth kicked in by the same team twice. It happened to me with Alabama for 10 (laughs) years. And then when you finally beat them, you're like, ha! And then you have a pandemic and you're like, 365 days plus uh, 452, what's up? Haven't beat us in 700 some odd days, huh? Yeah. So, yeah. But minus the pandemic, LAFC is going to get their day. So everybody be patient and uh, get ready for 
the champions because that's what it's all about right now. Yeah. You know, and support our guys. You know, what is it they say, Kirk? It's uh, forever faithful, you know, and whenever <laughs> people are down. Man, now we're getting into the Marine Corps. Let's go. People aren't ready for people aren't ready for that side of me. Oorah. It's a, it's a little too dark. <laughs> All right. So let's get into some listener questions and comments here. First one is from PG at Paul T. Greco. I will say it. Bob is not going to lead this team to postseason glory. He's a great coach at some things, but is predictable and poor at adjusting to other teams. He has got out coached repeatedly in the playoffs. His teams are not mentally prepared and lack leadership. The talent is there, but the killer instinct to execute and finish with mental exactness is lacking. Does LAFC accept lackluster results and early exits forever? Love to hear some thoughts on the pod. So, um, first thing I will say is I, I do I do agree with Trevor here that I don't think firing Bob is the solution. I think Bob does need to adjust some things and does need to be a little more flexible when it comes to game planning and, and like intra match tactics. So one thing we mentioned tonight was look, just put Blackman out on, out on, out at right back because right now you're getting killed out there. Or uh, we talked about attacking Alex Roldan and eventually Mohamed Munir comes on and, and does it, but um, the game planning thing has got to it's got to get better because these big matches he's he's been outdone a couple times. Anything for for Paul here, Trevor? You know, I kind of explain how I felt about Bob. Yeah, just in, yeah, that's true. In terms of uh, what you were saying, it's <clears throat> is it unheard of to make that type of tactical switch in the middle of a game? Like, not at halftime, but, like, if you realize you're getting cooked, like, is that going to kill my guy's confidence? Or is it because we've drilled for two weeks on this game plan, like, this is what you're going to do? Or, you you, you get what I'm saying? <clears throat> yeah, no, I mean, and there's something to that. There's something to, hey, this is the, the game plan. Like, Eddie's the one that understands what we need to write back. Mm-hmm. And Tristan has been solely preparing for center back. But when you're down a goal or two and now you really have to start chasing and your right back is not only getting beat defensively, which wasn't supposed to happen, but he's not providing you a whole lot in terms of uh, attacking savvy, mm-hmm. then that's where that's where that change can, can actually make a difference. <clears throat> right. So, um, I, it, the, I, I will say that the, the thing that... Um, that continues to bother me the most is the lack of apparent resolve in the team mm-hmm. where uh, some sort of, some sort of difficulty presents itself and the team just kind of collapses like a house of cards. Um, and you saw it again tonight, Seattle's being very physical with, with Carlos, they're dumping people all over the place. Um, and I mean, it's the same. It's the same people. New who, Joao Paulo, all these hard tackles on Carlos and in the midfield, and nobody ever, ever pays it back. Um, and I hate, I hate to be that guy, but at some point you have to retaliate. At some point, 
somebody catches a high boot. That's just the way it is. That easy, Miles Garrett. Easy. <laughs> easy. Calm down. Woo-sa. Uh, so anyway, that, um, I, I do, that's, you know, the mental toughness is one of those things that it's, like you said, the book is out on LAFC in yeah. a few different ways. And that's that's definitely part of, I would say that's the first chapter is just kick them yeah. and it, see what happens. The thing that bothers me, because I agree, and, um, you know, guys like Betashore or... Or, you know, I don't want to go on the Walker Zimmerman thing again, but like they'd be like, hey, no, we're going to get some payback. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. And <clears throat> I just, pe- people can't expect people to be someone that they're not. And just because, like, just because a dude is, is, uh, you know, looks like he should be, is physically imposing, so he should be our enforcer, like, you know, I thought Mark Anthony K did a good job of being in the enforcer, but he shouldn't have done it when he was wearing the band, you know? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but yeah. you get you get what I'm saying? It's like that type of guy that can play the whole game, we don't have. And I think that, like, Atuesta's, like, the engine that makes this thing go, right? Like, he's El Profe, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, you need that grimy gym teacher that's just gonna be like we're playing dodgeball for for five periods today (laughs) life's tough get a help like you need that guy to be like fear is only pain leaving the body right like yeah yeah (laughs) so we just whatever they so in a as well with the right back i think they need a little bit of, of that mental toughness a little bit of that uh you know, I'm going to give you a little elbow in the sternum, you know, on a corner kind of mm. deal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see who they come up with. Um, all right. Next one is a series from Alistair Christie at Christie Alley. We did not do our justice tonight. No, the panda. Okay. 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 Panda and the avatar. All right. uh, we did not do ourselves any justice tonight. Blackman, Mac, Blessing were appalling. Segura was exposed as a right back, and Vela had his worst game in black and gold. Continuing, thought Torres did well in the first 45. Lack of speed on the break negated the way we set up to play this game. Interesting to see Atuesta furthest midfielder forward, but we were watching the ball all game. So I want to stop here real quick. Uh, I'll, I'll quibble over over Blackman. I thought, again, I thought Blackman looked, looked good. Mac and Blessing, uh, similar to what you said about uh, Torres not necessarily fitting because of his lack of speed. Mac and Blessing aren't going to really fit in the midfield if you're trying to break <clears throat> down an opponent more slowly mm-hmm. um, or if you're not really pressing, right? That's their specialty is we're going to turn over the ball high up the field and immediately jumpstart an attack, whereas tonight we try to absorb as much pressure as possible by keeping our wingers back a little further and then get out on the break. So I, I think that's that's good analysis. Um, the saddest part is not losing to a reliably good Seattle team. It's the fact we probably won't get a chance to see Rossi and Atuesta again in person at the bank. Um, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see who goes in the in the January transfer window because I think Rodriguez, Rossi, and Atuesta could all could all be gone 
for big fees. So at the at, at the end of the show, can we go over where we think they'll go at the end? Sure. Okay. Yeah, cool. let's do it. Because I might have to remind some... me. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Next one um, is from hashtag LAFC, hashtag Raiders, hashtag USC, hashtag Athletics. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's so consistently inconsistent. Team soft and shrinks in big moments. Whose back our whole back line may need to be torn apart because it's now clear Zim held them Oof. together. Oof. If Rossi and B Rod get sold, how do we look next year? It's just all bad. Um, um I'll I'll let you take a hack at this one first, Trevor. Um <clears throat> everybody, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> uh I think Cheeky is fine, man. I think Palacios is a good little left back. I, th- I think he does what, what we need him to do. And uh, he's one of my favorite guys to watch in person. Last time I was at the bank, you know, he's everywhere. And he's the type of left back that gets up top like I like. You know, that's the type of player I like. Same with El Manir. Um, I think the... You know, people are going to hang on my guy that went to UAB Birmingham, uh, Jock Jocko, but uh, you know he's he's the he's the grizzled vet that you need on your team that you know is just there to keep the locker room in in control now. And then, yeah, I mean, I think I think he's he's a fine option off the bench. Yeah, and it's keep like keeping his depth. But people, you know, you're not gonna get you know the. Ruben Diaz, you know, tomorrow to sign for LAFC, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, let's temper our expectations. Eddie Segura was better than Zimmerman the year that – because didn't he win Defender? Did, did he win a, an award? Um, or he was in the – he was in they, the They were the both in the running, but I think, uh, I think Zimmerman was the one that – I don't know if he won Defender of the Year. Did he win it two times in a row with two different teams? Because he just won it with Nashville. I swear Eddie Segura was like in some sort of superlative for either best 11 or um, whatever. Yeah. No, I, 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 I agree there. I don't think you need to tear apart the entire back line. I think Palacios will get better as he matures defensively. Um, I think Segura and Mario could be a, a very good partnership. And I think as long as you have a good right back signed, then you'll be okay. Um, the thing that I worry about is the, is height on on the left side. If you have Segura and Palacios, that's it. Um, you know how if, to fix that? I'm all ears. Five defenders, five five man back. No, absolutely not. Why not? Take your take your. Wolves nonsense. <laughs> why? Why not? Back to Northern England or wherever <laughs> Wolverhampton actually is. Why not? What's wrong with making cheeky a uh, wingback? Get in some tea or something. <laughs> I, I want nothing to do with a three-man back line. Well, that's it. That's a Conversation for another show. You said you were worried about height, so I'm giving you options. Yeah, yeah. I'm a problem solver. I am. T- <laughs> There's there's better ways to solve that than a three man back line. <laughs> Again, for another show. Um, all right. Next one is from Brian at BR Heat 06. 
Between injuries, COVID, and just inconsistent performances, it's been an odd year all around. Still think a goalkeeper and right back are needed. This year is not on Bob. Uh, yeah. Um, 100%. I think, I think Cisniega is, I mean, we talk about this all the time on the show. I don't want to keep going into it. Cisniega is the shot stopper. Uh, Vermeer plays with his feet. And, man, I wish I wish we could just amalgamate the two of them. Can't do that. I mean, what does Laura uh, think? For ethical reasons. <clears throat> what does Laura um, think? She's probably got much better thoughts on it than I do, to be honest. Um, that's why I don't try and analyze keepers too much. Um, Are we surprised I, that Vermeer plays with his feet coming from where he came from? No, I mean, that's that was the whole thing from the beginning. And uh, to be to be completely fair, I thought he would be better with his feet than he has been. Right. Um, but... That was the idea coming from from Ajax, right? Is mm-hmm. all right. This guy's going to be legit. Next one is from a stranger. Trevor is excited oh. for hashtag Molyneux sleep out. <laughs> Do I need to read this one? Uh, no, that guy's an idiot. Okay. <clears throat> Next one, but, Pepe. In, at- but no, instead of reading it, I'm going to tell people about the Molyneux sleep out. Okay. So Thanksgiving's on Thursday, Friday's the 27th from noon to midnight, uh, our time, Pacific time. Uh, they're going to be doing a, a 24 hour sleep out at Molyneux, uh, where wolves play in, uh, in the West Midlands. And basically the last year when they did it, it was a bunch of people brought sleeping bags to the stadium and they all slept at the stadium. Uh, to raise money for the homeless population in the area. This year, because of COVID, they can't do it. So what they're going to do is they're doing it virtually. So they've opened it up to everybody. And uh, I bought tickets so I could stream from the beach. Uh, So they basically say you can do it from anywhere. Uh, You just have to buy a ticket and then zoom in from wherever you're at. And the idea is to sleep out so they can sleep in. So we sleep out so the homeless friends can sleep in. And uh, honestly, with regards to the 3252, I think this is something that 3252 could do at the bank for our local community as well. Because as we know, uh, it's a pretty big issue here, Um, homelessness and stuff like that. So moving back to the question. All right. Last one, Pepe at Just Win Maybe One. Impossible to judge Bob based on anything this year. Come on, guys. Um, yeah, I, I I agree. I it would be it would be extremely harsh to fire Bob uh, after this year, despite how crappy we all feel right now. Um, it's not going to solve the the problems with the with the roster construction. Josh and I have been talking about that ad nauseum for a year now. Um, and given the constraints on the season and uh, the way things have gone, I, I think it's I think it would be unfair to Bob to be honest to to let him go. Um, give him another year and see what see what he does. I mean, th- this man just won the Supporters Shield while breaking every record in MLS <laughs> that is worth breaking. Um, so you know he's he's got something. He knows it. He knows a few things. Um, and I think if he can just change up the narrative on, uh, 
on some of these big games, if you will, even though we kind of squashed that whole thing already, then I think it's uh, I think it's going to be much better and, next year. And just to keep it brief, I mean, guys got to remember that Carlos's wife had a baby. He didn't go to MLS's back, right? Mm-hmm. He's taking care of family. He comes back. You know, he plays in that first game. Hurts his hurts his knee with a what a sprain to his MCL, mm-hmm. and then like you know, so people with the fire Bob stuff need to chill because it's you know not saying it's all on Carlos or anything like that, but it's like you know, let's put some things into perspective. You you know, we're all having a tough time here, so let's let's be reasonable. That's all I've yeah. got on that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I was supposed to remind you to come back to something. Where talk uh, about something at the end. Well, I already talked about the Molyneux sleep out. Oh, oh, it was yeah. It was where uh, where Rossi, <clears throat> Rodriguez, and Atuesta were going to go. Mm-hmm. So, as far as I know, um, Rossi and Rodriguez both have Italian passports, or just one of them. I think Rossi has one. And there's a lot of interest in, in B-Rod in Italy. So I'm, I'm going to say they're both going to go there. Uh, and Atuesta, I think, goes to... I mean, there was interest from Ajax. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see him going there. I could see him going straight to La Liga. So, Do you think he would go to Bundesliga? Um, possibly, yeah. Why not? I mean, he's, he's good enough to go there for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, he's good enough to go to La Liga, which I hold in higher regard in terms of quality at the top end than Bundesliga. Come at me, Bayern fans. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I did some uh, homework on this. So Rossi has an Italian passport. Mm -hmm. And he's also, uh, I believe I've read that he might be some part Armenian. Rossi. Wow. Okay. Um. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I could be wrong, so if I am, uh, don't kill me, Diego. <laughs> but uh, I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere because I was telling my buddy about it. And uh, I've heard things about Turkey, <laughs> which oh. is surprising because Armenia, right? Yeah. But yeah. I think that's probably one of those stupid internet rumors. Yeah. So the real yeah, one I that I think is he's going to Italy and I think, what is it, Fiorentina? I mean, that's who he was linked with it, uh, over the summer, was Fiorentina, yeah. So the reason why I know this is because Wolves had Patrick Catrone, and he uh, flamed out there. And I'm just looking at Rossi like he would be perfect on that team. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. Uh, I don't know much about where Brian would go because I haven't been too impressed, but, you know any number of teams would probably be interested in a guy with good hair and Josh's favorite teeth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rodriguez is the guy you've just got to put him in the right position, which I don't think right wing in a four, three, three is his best position. So maybe he'll go to yeah. I- IX. Uh, yeah, don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> don't think so. Not many Uruguayans at uh, at Ajax, but so Uruguay. I mean, they play. They have like a very distinct 
national style, right? Mm -hmm. They play their four, four, two, um, and they train like the training that Uruguay has from a like national federation is, um, almost second to none in terms of like their top to bottom approach of like, this is what we build. This is what we're good at. It's like, have you read the book? Good to great. No. Uh, all right, well, we're we're getting into all kinds of deep cuts, but good to great focuses on what takes a good company and makes it great. And one of those things is the hedgehog concept, right? The hedgehog always beats the fox because he has one move, and it's unstoppable. Um, and that's what Uruguay does, right? They have their 4-4-2, they develop people in there, and they identified Brian Rodriguez <coughs> as their left winger a long time ago, and they're going to they're gonna ride with him mm-hmm. because they know exactly what they have, and they've been... They've been building players like him for a long time. So that's fast. Anyway, we're we're way off the rails now. Yeah. So, Trevor, thank you for joining the show. Where can we find you on Twitter or on the internet? At Trevor Rayleigh on Twitter. Very complicated. You can tweet at me at Kirk Kinsey or the show at counterpress underscore. Thank you to for thank you to Trevor for joining. Thank Josh, for drive safe. Me on your way to Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. And we will talk to you in a few weeks. Um, on Friday at the Molyneux Sleepout. Yes, sure. Why not? All right, good See night, you. everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.